politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard anew our life, liberty, property, everything that matters, and to guard that with vigilance. Daniel Horowitz back here today, Wednesday, the 15th of February, and we are still in the Fourth Reich, and we're going to continue to be in, in it as long as we are willing to tolerate it. You know, I heard a podcaster say recently something to the effect of, in between elections, it's all about the culture, so that you can get people to vote the right way. So I was thinking, man, that's exactly the conservative movement, GOP mentality that has failed us for 40 years. Okay, it's all about elections, just vote Republican, and then in between work on the culture. And and, and I don't disagree with that part, but it's like, oh, and what's the purpose of that? Oh, so you could win the next election. And really what they need to understand is that if you don't fight, observe, monitor, every important policy, legal, legislative battle in between those two years. Now, I don't know where we get the manpower for it, and that's kind of the problem, but you're done. That, that, that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is we have a willful, like we said, a willful, malvolent government that's like the Fourth Reich that you cannot no longer live harmoniously with it, which is why we really need national divorce. But in order to do that, we need to make red states red again. In order to do that, you you cannot be distracted and derailed. You got to wake up and smell the tyranny, like the pungent smell of the chemicals in eastern Ohio. This is what we're missing. This is what I'm trying to wake everyone up with. This is the rallying cry, hashtag Nuremberg 2. Um, I thank so many of you for making our book number one in political commentary. It's number two in all of politics, just behind uh, Mike Pompeo's stupid neocon memoir. Hopefully we can surpass him. It's it's really terrific. We've been floating around number 60 for all books all, all over, around number 17 or so for new books. Um, this has really, really been a terrific time. You guys are unbelievable. Remember... Mike Pompeo is on every Fox News show. Steve and I have not gotten on a single Fox show. This is all because of our movement. Um, So I want to talk about a little bit what we can do to raise awareness and become vigilant with the rallying cry of restoring the Nuremberg Code, restoring, restoring our bodily autonomy, restoring Republican government, representative government, where the policies flow from the laws and the laws flow from the will of the people in concert, obviously, with the confines of fundamental rights and constitutional limitations. But right now we have a dynamic where because all we care about is elections and then we go to sleep, the policies that are created by the state and federal executive branches don't flow with the laws and they flow against them. And that's how we have a situation where you have everything out of control, every disaster out of control, every product and infrastructure now is unsafe because nothing's being followed. Nothing matters. You know, you had um, Walensky at a hearing. She was asked, well, now that it's... proven conclusively that masks don't work, work, are you going to update your policies? She said, no. 
It doesn't matter. We won on, on that. We won on the information. Go make me. Until we make them do it and change it at a local level, all our levels, one after another, create the dominoes, are several dozen action items that we call for in the rise of the Fourth Reich, it's going to continue happening again and again. You could write a blog post. You could report on this stuff. It's not going to matter. Now, first, one thing you can do is support parallel economies, support our sponsors, and get yourself the healthiest products around. QP Goes Soap, it's been a sponsor of ours uh, since last year. Family Farm, business run by 15-year-old Quinn Pittman in rural Florida. He just bought two new goats. It's just so beautiful watching a small company by a 15-year-old grow two, two new goats. In honor of their two new goats, they're offering a new promo code. If you go to, to uh, QPGoatSoap.com, look at their array of quality products um, made with raw milk, whole oils, citrus, ensuring these items are properly handled every step of the way with care and love and devotion um, to bring you, again, the, the stuff that feels the best, is the healthiest on your skin. Shop around, QPGoatSoap.com. Put in promo code new goats new goats as in one word together 15 percent off right now to celebrate their two new goats uh congrats quinn what a business man imagine if every american kid grew up this way um okay so again you need to fight observe monitor otherwise you just get the distractions the balloons the balloons the balloons Finally, slowly, people are focusing on Ohio. But again, this is all born out of the biggest event of our lifetime. How is it that we are at the fourth legislative session of this disaster? And we could barely, on a scale from 1 to 100, get the most conservative states to adopt Things from level one to five out of a hundred, and even then they water it down, and even then it only passes one chamber and, and closely. That's basically where we're at now. You look one after another. South Dakota yesterday, House Bill 1235. What is 1235? It was watered down to basically be just a conscience exemption from a mandate of only COVID shots. And even then it exempted CMS, so medical is exempted. I mean, this is South Dakota. Okay, South Dakota. We have, we're still playing defense. Please don't. Could we just allow us an exemption? Not like you guys pushing, anyone pushing this should be swinging from a rope. And any other medical product, whether it's good or bad, should never, ever be forced on anyone. Nothing. We, we, we could barely get this. So just an exemption from COVID shots, and not, and not if it conflicts with anything federal. HB 1235, it passed the South Dakota House Health Committee 7 to 6. Even that, it was an 11 to 2... GOP panel, 11 to 2 majority, but we still lost four Republicans, including the House Majority Whip and 
two like assistant uh, majority leaders. That's what you have in South Dakota. That's when you have a failed Republican Party, a failed conservative movement, a failed conservative media that three years into this and two years into the vaccine genocide, we could barely get a don't tase me bro limited version just for the COVID shot. Barely passed the committee. And oh, and by the way, the House is not is not as communist as the Senate. Where's Christy Nome? Where the hell is Christy Nome? Why does no one bring the pressure to bear upon her? And this is what we're trying to do. I actually need a South Dakota a leader. We have people signed up. I need a leader to coordinate it. But this is what we need every day of the week. We 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 made it clear that you have to support gun rights and oppose abortion to be a Republican in good standing. And I think that's one of the few things they did a good job on. So if you go and violate that, you'll be tagged. Slowly, we're getting there on the tranny issue. But things like COVID fascism in Ukraine need to be right up there, but they're not. So Christy Nome could continue playing her, her double game. Doesn't get called out. Where's her leadership? Well, I'll tell you where it is. She agrees with the mandates. Then you go on to North Dakota, to the north. So, ND1402. So this is a little bit of a stronger bill. This had a simple proposition that cuts to the core of our call to reinstate the Nuremberg Code and make the Nuremberg Code great great again. To reinstate bodily autonomy, human rights. It did two things. It stated that no one could ever mandate. In fact, it only might have only been governmental entities even. I don't even think it was private. Governmental entities cannot ban, cannot require either COVID shots or mRNA shots unless or so long as they are exempt from liability. Simple thing. Really, I mean, it should be obvious you can never mandate any product on anyone, which I'm getting to. I mean, but we're not even at this. That's not even what it does. Just COVID and mRNA. And only if there's no liability. And even that, it failed on the House floor in North Dakota. We just got 32 of 80 Republicans to support it. So 32 Republicans supported it. 80, um, 48 Republicans opposed that. 40, the majority, and then there's like 10 or so uh, um, Democrats, the majority of North Dakota Republicans support mandating an, a known dangerous product and technology two years into what we know, even with no liability. And then the second part of that bill was that if the State Department of Health promotes and endorses an mRNA or COVID shot, they're responsible for liability. And nobody could look at you and say that that they're not responsible. But, oh, it's too expensive. Too, we don't want to pay. You SOBs, they, they, they spent infinitely more foisting this on people. And now they don't want to pay. This is the core of the Nuremberg Code. And this is why I need you guys. Um, again, buy one for yourself. Adopt a legislator or a congressman. 
Um, also, ask for this. Another interesting action item is, I don't, it's not just about book sales. If you Even if people don't buy it, if they get a hold of it. One way of getting a hold of it is, um, my son did this for me in my county, call, call up, or, or usually there's a form online, request for your county library to purchase Rise of the Fourth Reich. So that's another important thing. Um, and then and then again, if you tweet hashtag Nuremberg2 for all of our COVID fascism-related stuff, make that trending, and tweet to Nuremberg2 uh, and, and tweet at Steven and myself your best, most creative promotion of our book. You know, try to get a you know picture of it in there. And the by Friday, the most creative one will pick who who that is, will get to be flown out to either Nashville or Dallas on April 14th for the premiere of Steve Dace's Nefarious Plot, um, one of the first uh, real hardcore you know, movies along our philosophy, ideology, theology that's really getting mass di- distribution, like a thousand theaters, uh, very important. So um, Post Hill, our publisher, is going to be paying for that. So definitely want to get in on that. We need to build this movement. And again, part of this movement of taking of medical autonomy is trying to take your own medical freedom in your own hand. Another one of our sponsors is jacemedical.com. Uh, we mentioned before they're offering a Jace case of five different courses of antibiotics like uh, amoxicillin and doxycycline to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses from UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Well, you might think, Daniel, I'll just go to my doctor. Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> medicine's going to hell. And then now there's a shortage in the pharmacies of a lot of these antibiotics. So it's good to have it when you need it for all the Fourth Reich, or as we see, they're unleashing all sorts of chemicals on us. Who knows? This is a part of way to be prepared um, with food and water and, and fuel and everything else. Make sure you get your Jace case from jacemedical.com. Fill out their questionnaire because they do have to uh, write a legitimate prescription and they have to follow the laws on that. And once you do that, it takes about 10 minutes. Put an offer code REVIEW10, REVIEW10 at checkout for $10 off your order. Um, now back to North Dakota on the good side, we did get past, and again, the bare minimum stuff we get past. So that a hospital cannot deny care to anyone based on vaccination status. Now that was watered down. Originally it, it also roped in employees that they couldn't force a mask or a a vaccine that got taken out, but at least the, the whole business of kidney transplants so again, I mean, they're the ones who should... By the way, the science dictates that you should be denied a transplant if you got the shot. Now, I don't believe in doing that. I'm just saying, if you believe in this kind of philosophy that, oh, you're a dead do- dead man walking, it's a waste of an organ, we literally have studies showing that. Um, but but this is just, again, a very defensive one. So that did pass 87 to 4. So it roped in every Republican and looks like half the de- Democrats as well. Again, that would not have been done if not for Jeff Hoverson and if not for Amber leading our, our strike force team there in North Dakota. That's what's so un- uncanny. Even the most no-brainer bills in many states, it's literally from our movement that we created out of, out of this show with zero money and all volunteers. You know, it's only the biggest thing that's ever happened to us of consequence. It's so bizarre. 
but whatever, we have to do this. And that's why I need, I need you guys to help, again, as many as you can to purchase Rise of the Fourth Reich. We got to get it on the New York Times bestseller list. It's going to, you know, scare the heck out of them. There's 15 slots. Right now, if we keep up this pace, we will be on it. But, you know, for at least one week... To maintain that status is hard, but you know you got uh, Prince Harry's stupid book, Michelle Obama. You got Greta Thunberg now has a book out that people wrote for her. So you know there's tons of international money and astroturfing behind that. So again, the fact that we are where we are on that book without any major show, um, as we speak, um, Steve is going on Glenn Beck. You know our very own Glenn is the kind of the top rated show we have. Uh, until then, it's it's been really just between our own shows and our own social media platform. You guys are unbelievable. Um, I, I literally don't think anyone else has an audience like Steve and I do of the percentage of people willing to join and take up that call to action and obviously you know purchase the book. But again, it's not just the book. As you well know, I've been working my tail off, and many of you have, have as well, to get those items on the docket and at least forcing votes on them in all of these states. Um, one other or two other things I want to highlight. In West Virginia, I want to give a shout out to Delegate Evan Worrell. He introduced our constitutional amendment. Again, this should be the baseline of this should have been done two years ago, but it's still not being done now. After everything we've been through, typically you have a constitutional amendment to overcompensate, and this is not overcompensating, simply that you can never, ever deny um, state benefits or public accommodation, discriminate against someone on account of not getting a medical device on their body that's a mask or product injection. They can never be forced and they can never be discriminated against. That is a baseline thing. Again, that doesn't rope in fully private. It's state and public accommodation Private, I'm fine with dealing with in statute. Imagine if we, it's not just the outcome of this. It's the campaign that you now get a a question on the ballot that the people themselves could vote upon. And I understand sometimes ballot questions really screw us. But this is so clear, you can't screw this up. Government can never force you to for- force a product in your body. It's very hard for the left to win on that, especially in the states that we're ultimately going to get this on the ballot. So again, HJRez25, uh, Delegate Worrell, really thankful of him. And we don't have language yet, but in Iowa, we do have from Senator Kevin Allens and Representative Shipley, we do have, um, I guess it's it's being dealt with by the Office of Legislative Council or whatever they have there. But it, I think it's ultimately going to be H.J. Res. 5 in the House and then Senate Bill 1935. So that's something to watch for. Now, I just want to show you the contrast. How in each state we, we could barely get even the most conservative members to get excited about this issue. When it's literally still going on, still going to go on, they're planning more. But let me show you a contrast of what could be and what should be. What should be in every state. We had this guy on before, Senator uh, Mark Steffen 
from Kansas. He's an anesthesiologist. And he has a bill, Senate Bill 6. Again, talk about the Nuremberg Code, that it makes every state and county health department, public health directive, a recommendation and not a mandate that you could never mandate. That should be a basic bill in every state. So this is from the KansasReflector.com um, and just beautiful. And, 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 you know, and everywhere else, they're all on the defense. And I know it's a little bit easier here because he himself is a doctor and he's knowledgeable, but he laced into them. He, he, you had all the, um, the state's deputy health secretary was down there, all the lobbyists, all the dirtbags. And he was just like, let's talk about credibility, folks. Y'all talk about this need to be able to prevent the spread of disease. You didn't do it. You can't do it. Help me understand what part of this COVID response that your mandates, your quarantines, that any of it made a difference. You can't show. You knew beforehand that it wouldn't work. You made it up as you went on. You had no science. You have no science now. If I'm incorrect, please stand up and show me your scientific studies that can prove to me that anything you did worked. Your hubris is astounding today to stand up here and pretend that you all did anything that was effective during the COVID response is ludicrous, but bring the studies if you've gotten them. If you don't recognize your inadequacy in the field of public health, recognize it, admit it, regain our trust. Now you don't have it and you certainly didn't gain it today. That's the way it goes. Why don't we have that? In every state. Why haven't we had that? And again, this is not even talking about the vaccines. This is a this is on the stuff that on paper Republicans claim this is more like the lockdown type of things that Republicans claim to all be opposed to universally now. But we still in most states haven't legally precluded it. It's it, it's insane. It's almost like a spiritual plume of dust upon us crazy but that's that's the contrast that's what we need now i want to switch folks to federal i want to switch to federal to rope in both covid fascism but also military affairs because the military spending is the albatross around the necks of conservatives it this is the linchpin to the debt ceiling fight and really everything so one of the themes we're talking about today is how Absent activism. It doesn't matter what information comes out. Absent a firestorm of activism, the policies don't flow with the new information because that's a hallmark of the Fourth Reich. See, if it's just negligence, it's like, I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. So when you shove it in their face, masks don't work. Okay, we're going to change policy. But here it's like, yeah, we know that. That's why we're requiring, you know, we're going to coerce you into doing it. Oh, we know that the vaccines killed 7 million people. That's why we're going to put it on the child immunization schedule and have 15 more mRNAs on your body. Exactly the point. How do you not know that when you blow up a, you know, a million pounds of vinyl chloride, that it's not going to create problems. And it's funny, they, they, they said they're doing a controlled burn. That, that's the terminology. Anyone who looks at that, that wasn't a controlled burn. Now, let's say, okay, maybe it was a mistake. It just blew up. Let's just say, I mean, we don't have evidence. I mean, you have to assume. 
they would do this on purpose, but let's let's just say it was by accident. But what was definitely on purpose is, okay, but it did blow up, even if you didn't mean it. How do you order everyone back home? And you saw yesterday, DeWine was like, at a press conference along with his dirtbag um, uh, health department guy, yeah, you know, I guess I would maybe rely on bottled water. We're testing. Oh, so it wasn't so hunky-dory. That is a really scary situation. And they're starting to report on the ground. People do feel sick. The smell is still there. And I don't mean just like within, you know, a few hundred yards of it. And and by the way, remember, these are the same people. DeWine and, and who's that jerk? Um, That health guy there. I'm forgetting who he was. Bruce Vanderoff. They were the same COVID fascists. That, that said to everyone, you better get the shot or you're going to die. So what is totally unsafe, they say is safe, and what's safe, they say is unsafe. Again, that's the regulatory capture. You would think we have the biggest regulatory state in the history of the world. Okay, everything's regulated up the wazoo. So maybe it's too much, it's negligent, it's to a fault, it's costly, it, it destroys our quality of life, but at a minimum we'll be safe. No! Because the same people that will regulate every aspect of these chemicals when they don't explode won't have a problem exploding them and then ordering everyone back. Just like the same people that block ivermectin will foist clot shots from Desvir, Paxlovid, and Molnipiravir on you without a prescription, with 30 contraindications. That's what regulatory capture is. It's worse. Regulatory capture is, is 100 times worse than the regulatory state. That's what we need to understand. See, if you don't have any regulation, I mean, you know, obviously we all agree in certain fields you need a certain baseline amount, but let's say you have none. At some point, you do have the private sector and cause and effect and certainly liability that will fill the void of that need for regulation and keep things in check. Okay? But... What we have now is despite more regulation than ever in history, we now face a threat of fatal disasters across the spectrum of vital infrastructure that we always took for granted that works for us. Because it precludes our ability to deal with any, you know, any, any, any safety. Because the government filled the vacuum. So it's done. We we filled the void. We're good. We could rely on it. So it per, it creates a monopoly that only the companies that could deal with that regulatory burden could stay in the market. So you don't get any competition. Then they carefully absolve them of liability to varying degrees, but most importantly with the with the pharmaceuticals. And then they start capturing them and exempting them, and privately turning a blind eye. See, again, even without government, the free market would give you a right to a jury trial to sue, okay, liability, competition, and then based on, on outcomes, you'll, you know, whatever. It, it will work. But what happens if government says you must do this and you can't do this? So it channels the market into a very narrow tunnel that they control and ultimately is controlled by only the people going through that tunnel. 
the companies. Like, think about it. We're seeing all these stories of electric cars blowing up and all the safety problems. Typically, you could assume that you're not going to have a problem with cars. But now, you don't know. Because the government created a market by saying, oh my gosh, you have to get electric cars. Carbon's a problem. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, and we're going to subsidize this and give you all sorts of favors. So you shielded them from the typical market forces. That's regulatory capture. That's worse than a regulatory state, although it is the logical end and conclusion of a regulatory state. So this is what we have now. So anyway, this is a long way of saying, I, I know I was going to get to um, uh, the military and the COVID mandates, but I, you know, I just wanted to throw in the Ohio disaster there too. This is how you can have a scenario where policies don't keep up with law and, 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 and statute and reality if we're not vigilant and we're all doped up and distracted on stupid Fox News. So here's the story. I got an email from a guy, one of our listeners, who's 20-year-old, was kicked out of the National Guard last May, along with many other people, for not getting the clot shot. They said, turn in your gear and go home. Now, I guess they never technically discharged them, but to any normal person, they were the unit was never in communication. Okay, I'm done. It's a bitter pill to swallow. I have to abort my entire military career. Very sad. They signed up. Okay, they move on with their life. You can imagine. What are you going to do at that age? You're going to go to college. You're going to go into a vocation. You're going to go into an internship, a scholarship program. You move on with your life. Well, it turns out this guy got a letter he sent to me in the mail from his unit out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And it was titled Notification of Return to Duty Requirements for Soldiers Not Fully Vaccinated for COVID-19. And it starts off in accordance with the Chief of National Guard Bureau Memorandum, January 18th. Uh, You're all authorized to return. Okay, well, that sounds nice. The Congress made them take back the mandate, so you're authorized to return. It would be nice if you got back pay, but they didn't. Okay, fine. Then it says... You're directed to return by March 20th. Okay, it's a little bit stronger. Then it says, if you are unable to participate in training, let us know with an excused absence, yada, yada. And then it says, if you fail to participate in training on or after March 20th without an approved STA or other exemption, you'll be considered AWOL and may become subject to the MCMJ, you know, and other adverse administrative actions. So that, there you have it. There you have it. No apology, no back pay, no flexibility, no negotiation, no wellness check, no incentives, no assurances that retribution won't be tolerated, that, you know, we're going to treat you evenly, we won't discriminate, no national conversation. Just get back or else. How do you do that to people? This is a guy, his son was going to go on this internship program overseas. They moved on with their life. This is the exact opposite intent of Congress. This is, what I, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Congress, and even the Democrats, the President Biden signed it into law. No, you can't kick them out of the military. This is meant to be for the good of them. And now they're using it retroactively for those already out. Okay, it's one thing to invite them back in. You better come back in even if they moved on with their lives. So 
I have an article out this morning. I sent it to several congressmen. And I'm also going to send it to some of these legislatures and governors. Also, remember, this is this is the National Guard. So the governors and the state legislatures, it's not just a national issue. The, the governors need to speak up and say, wait a minute. It's nice to invite them back in, but I want you to incentivize them, not mandate them to come in. You can't destroy their lives twice. If they moved on, they moved on. This is a serious issue. A very serious issue. And by the way, so while they're mandating that those kicked out and moved on with their lives come back in, the ones that are still in or in back in, they're treating them like dogs. Okay? So this is what they do. Congress said you can't have a mandate. Like, all right, fine, we won't kick you out. But no promotions, no travel, no, um, you know, ceremonies, no deployments, no honors, and anything you need to advance your career is done. So, for example, there's something, there was an email sent out at uh, Anderson Air, ba- Air Force Base, um, Terminal CWO, this guy Danny, uh, he, has a, he has a blog and he has a Telegram channel, he reported this, and, and this is just one of many, many examples. On February 13th, there was a le- letter informing them, only fully vaccinated personnel can attend the Silver Flag courses. Now, Silver Flag courses are like these contingency classes for various vocations in civil engineering um, related to how to both set up and establish an uh, airbase and how to repair an airbase that was attacked, um, all the logistics in it. So, I mean, this is important. You need to attend it. Well, no, you can't attend it. And this is happening all over. All over. So, two lessons to, to bring out here. Number one, again, we don't have representative democracy. Here you even have a a rare example of Democrats and Biden agreeing to get rid of the mandate, but without constant day-to-day oversight and vigilance. They do what they want. This is the Fourth Reich. We don't live in a democracy. The commanders are like, screw that. We're doing what we want. By the way, even the full kicking out of soldiers, they they really, really drag their feet on implementing it. And we, they had to be shamed. Everything, oh, they're doing this. Okay, we'll stop this. It, it's like a cat and mouse game. You can't live harmoniously with a government like this. This is a million times worse than anything we fought in the Revolutionary War. King George did not have any of this power. I can tell you that. The colonists were largely autonomous. It was a couple of taxes. That's it. In fact, the impetus for the revolution looks insane and pathetic compared to what we're facing. Although our founders were right because they knew, fight back while you still can. They saw the writing on the wall. Don't wait until it gets to a point where you can no longer fight back like today, where we're fully controlled and we don't even know what to do. So that's the general one. But there's this another number two lesson specific to the military, and it really pisses me off. For decades, Republican and even conservative dogma was just throw as much money to the military as you can. Oh, a military pay raise. And, and that, that's tantamount to being pro-soldier, pro-military. We're all for the soldiers. And then they congratulate themselves and go home. And no oversight of what happens. And this is emblematic of what has ailed our military for so many years. Our soldiers are treated like trash. 
the money and the policies don't flow from, from Congress to the boots on the ground. Our military is horrible. I'm saying even before the vaccine mandates, I'm not even talking about that. They're treated like trash. And when, I, I don't mean like harsh, you know, um, discipline. If anything, that's gone the other way. They're, the military's gone softer. I don't mean things that make boys into men and fighting men. I'm not talking about that type of stuff, like, you know, kind of beating on them, you know, to, to whip them into shape. I'm, I'm talking about just their well-being. Our military is a cesspool, and nobody has an answer for this. And, and, and what's the answer? Lindsey Graham told Kevin McCarthy at this closed hearing, closed meeting they had with the McCarthy and Senate Republicans, you better not get the military spending below 3.2% of GDP. Right now it's 3.3. My goal is to get Kevin and everybody looking at the defense needs based on threats. And the great and the threat portfolio, the threat picture doesn't justify being on the low end of GDP. I don't want to go backward because when you look at the threat of China, we don't have the military footprint where we need it to be. That bastard has the nerve when he, to this day, is flushing our money in Ukraine and says it's not enough and the Middle East for 20 years, and then now, now he has the nerve to complain about China. But the point is, this is what's going to down our ability to fight on the debt ceiling. All these Republicans saying, I'm scared about the military. It's not worth funding a penny of our military until the policies are fixed. And none of them care about it. None of them care about our soldiers. So this is another way that that you you guys are, by the way, you guys are the most powerful audience. We're not the largest, but we're the most influential. Um, again, I don't want to say the name, but the individual who sent me this letter, I didn't know about it, alerted me. I alerted some of our best congressmen. They didn't know about it. It turns out the letter, by the way, is not coming out of nowhere. There was a memo sent out, but it was very sneaky. There was a memo sent out by the um, the chief of the National Guard. Who's this dog? Bureau Chief, National Guard Bureau Chief Daniel Hokinson. He says, um, all currently serving non-federalized Army National Guard and Air National Guard members who are not fully vaccinated for COVID-19 but are otherwise qualified and eligible are no longer pro prohibited from, okay, that sounds good, and may be directed to resume participating in drills. Very sneakily put that in there. I don't blame the congressman for not even catching that. I wouldn't have caught that either. It's only once I saw the unit commanders sending letters out to the individual saying, you better come back, and they referenced this January 18th memo. That's where I found that. I was like, whoa, whoa. Okay, so that's, you know, so again, we're going to get on top of that. But that's the point. It's vigilance. There's no shortcut. You got to keep on top of the policies and raise cane. It's, stop with this voting every other year. That means nothing. Means nothing. So this is where we are. And by the way, it's not enough on Ukraine. This is from the AP. GOP leaders start laying groundwork for more Ukrainian aid. More aid. Some estimate, if you add everything up, it's almost two hundred billion now. Ten times more than the entire Europe put together. And Europe is supposedly under threat from Putin, right? Why don't they care? So it's not just the Senate Republicans, but the House Republicans. The Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Mike McCall 
is doing the same thing to foreign affairs as he as he did when he was Homeland Security chair. I'm very much focused on the dissension within our own party on this. I find that moves the dial when they see these horrific killing of children. We still have animals as committee chair that are not just weak in fighting the left on the most important issues of our time. They agree with the left on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. Mike McCall is emblematic of all the leadership we're seeing in these deep red states because we've been comatose for, for four decades. Vote Republican, but the Democrats, but the Democrats, but this shiny object soap opera on Fox News. And that's why we need to grow our movement. Hashtag Nuremberg 2. Purchase the Rise of the Fourth Reich. And also, again, some of you are starting to give reviews on Amazon. I really appreciate it. This is, I'm telling you, when if we are able to like get on and remain on the New York Times bestseller list, it will blow this issue out of the water. You're actually voting much more than you could with really voting, being a part of you know 120 million people voting or a trillion people voting or however many people are calibrated into the machines. I'm telling you, it is um. Th- this this is it. This is it. This is our time. This is our chance. This is our moment. But if we don't do it, we're screwed. We are screwed. So, folks, the military is so broken, and none of them. Yeah, they'll hold one or two hearings maybe on the woke policies or something. But they don't care how our soldiers are treated. They want our soldiers... All they care about when they talk about the military is an endless pay-for-play with Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, endless pay-for-play in Ukraine, endless meat grinders and urban renewal projects in Kabul, Kiev, Mogadishu, you name it. And then they'll just dangle in front of us, but China, when really we're vulnerable to China because of what they did and are still doing and want to do more. Oh, give more money to the military. It's disgusting. This is one of the most important issues to change our thinking on the military. And and frankly, I don't even know how you fix it. It's one of the big reasons. The military is one of the big reasons, if not the biggest, to continue supporting America as we know it, the federal government. I really really don't see, see us moving anywhere. I don't see us moving the needle. I'm sorry. But I just don't see it. So I want to move on to energy here. The EPA announces initial program design of Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund. They just announced, pursuant to this crazy Inflation Reduction Act last year, they published two federal assistance listings outlining key parameters of the grant competitions that will ultimately award nearly $27 billion to leverage private capital for clean energy and clean air investments across the country to deal with greenhouse gases. Leverage private, this is literally the definition of venture socialism, 27 billion. I don't think you could imagine the harm. It's not, it's not the cost. It's the policies that this will engender. The way that this is going to get things like carbon capture and electric vehicles and solar and wind, things that are dangerous and ineffective, and box out things that are safe and effective in our energy grid, just like with pharmaceuticals, 
and destroy our energy, destroy our self-reliance, destroy our food, destroy our, our, our freedom of movement, destroy our cars. All to enrich cronies along the way. And Republicans have gone along with this for years. Again, I know they didn't vote for the Inflation Reduction Act, but remember, McConnell voted for the precursor to it that was the leverage that enabled Schumer that very day to go with reconciliation. And a couple things here. Number one, observation number one, I'm telling you, I don't want to hear this business of, oh, in return for raising the debt ceiling, we want a certain top-line broad spending reduction. It's got to be the quality of the types of things. And I, to me, the biggest ask is repeal of this entire $300 billion green energy stuff. That is literally the Fourth Reich COVID fascism version of energy. That's observation number one. Number two... Isn't it interesting how these very same people that believe that you could spend $27 billion fighting carbon dioxide, which we need to live and breathe, like you can't do without it, they had no problem blowing up something that they knew creates phosgene and hydrochloric acid and then after you saw the extent of the plume and you saw the issues with the fish dying and animals dying and nascent reports of people getting sick, you say, go back home. Nothing to see. Again, this is not about environment. Because again, if you're, if you're bothered by the environment, your hair would be on fire times a million with this, right? Just like if you're bothered by prescribing ivermectin for COVID, you would be bothered by times a million giving out all this other stuff that's new and dangerous without a prescription and then even mandating some of them by a million. But that's what regulatory capture is. They get you and then they turn on and off that spigot from scalding hot to freezing cold in a second. Full regulation for what we don't like, full approval, and even mandate and promotion and subsidies for the most dangerous things that we do like. It could be railways, it could be chemical materials, it could be energy, it could be food, it could be medicine. It doesn't matter. That is the, the essence of what the Fourth Reich is. But again, this was all built upon, with, with Republican support over the years. <clears throat> Republicans supported this entire thing. This entire thing the Republicans supported. Um, so here's where we are. It's all commensurate to what you fight for. You will get the government you are willing to ignore. I'm sorry, you will get the government you are willing to be at peace with. You will suffer the death and destruction of our life, liberty, and property to the extent you're willing to get distracted and ignore it. And again, I want to be clear. There is so much they're doing, we couldn't, no one person could possibly be on top of it. There's a lot of important things I'm sure I'm missing. But I will tell you 
this entire fake conservative movement and conservative media, nine times out of ten, is leading us astray. And they're always off the mark. And honestly, it's disgraceful. They should be ashamed of themselves. By the way, uh, I was just texted by um, Dick Anderson. He is a rep in South Dakota. So he just told me his bill, and I'm forgetting the number, but it's the first of its kind we got to report adverse events of the vaccine on the South Dakota Department of, I'm sorry, North Dakota, North Dakota. It's North Dakota Department of Health website. Um, Now, I I did mention to him the bill as written does need to be amended because it's just basically, if you read it, all the State Department of Health would have to do is just post the federal theirs just on their state website. What we're trying to do is to create a state-based pharmacovigilance system where they're encouraged and can report to it and then tabulate it. So you have to first create the system. Hopefully it could be amended. But again, it's a first in its kind in the nation, courtesy of, again, our team on the ground there in North Dakota. Notice I talk a lot about North Dakota. We have a very good team. We've got some very good members that are interested in fighting COVID fascism. You get commensurate with with what you fight for. It's that simple. It's that simple. So, um... Another bill, and again, talking about poisoning us, you, you don't think your food, your fuel, your air, your water, I mean, who would think? But again, I want you to to remember, I think you all agree that our government purposely created a virus, purposely unleashed it, purposely blocked the treatment, purposely poisoned us with remdesivir, purposely poisoned us with the other stuff, and then culminating, obviously, with the poison of the shots and even the mandates of them. And all said and done, in America, you're going to easily wind up reaching 2 million deaths and countless disabilities from from all of it. So the notion that they'd be willing to poison the drinking water, poison the air, poison the food, shut down our energy on purpose, much less you know just be negligent about responding to a, a catastrophe, is obvious. So we have Senate Bill 99 in Tennessee, which is similar to what uh, Tammy Nichols introduced in Idaho, Senate Bill 1018. But in Tennessee, it's SB 99. It requires labeling on all food products, like, for example, meat that had mRNA materials injected into the cattle. Why do we have to wait for something to happen? (laughs) In fact, we're not even countermanding the fascism that we experienced for three years and even the first elements of it. But not only do we need to do that for once, we need to get ahead of something. We know they're doing it. They're threatening to do it. They want to do it. Get ahead of it and ban it. Here's a story for you. Unbelievable story. I'm just going to read to you the headline from the Epic Times. CDC issues warning to stop using eye drops after... One death, dozens of infections reported. One freaking death. A brand of over-the-counter eye drops could be linked to a bacterial infection that left one person dead. According to CDC, urging consumers to stop using Esri Care artificial tears. Now, to my knowledge, there's certainly no mandate, but there's no government 
promotion, marketing, logistical help, distribution beyond Esri Care Artificial Tears. To my knowledge. It's done on its own. And yet, CDC found one death. They suspect a couple bacterial infections. And they're like, you gotta stop using it. Um... So, one death. And yet we have, in their own pharmacovigilance system, that was the system that was put in place in return for indemnifying the companies in 1986. And it shows over 34,000 deaths. And everyone knows easily, easily, easily those, um, you know, it's underreported by a factor of 20 to 40. And they've admitted that over the years themselves. And not only is it not pulled, it's made part of the schedule. It's tur turning into an annual shot. And then they're about to approve several more vaccines based on the same technology. I, I want you to think about what I just told you, that juxtaposition, for a couple of minutes. And think about the ramifications of it, but also the implications of it and what it means, what it demonstrates. What are we going to do about it? Again, I, I will humbly submit that even what I am proposing and trying to do and organize is very modest. And I think we need something much bigger than that. And I don't know what that is yet. I don't know what that is. I mean, there's, there's a number of things we're pushing. But we got to do better. What we're doing is not working. So again, folks, if you could purchase anyone you know, purchase for yourself, for your member of Congress, your state legislator, Rise of the Fourth Reich, keep this rocketing up the, the chains, uh, have them order it in your library, give us a five-star rating on Amazon and our show as well on iTunes, and tweet those of you who are on Twitter, Nuremberg, to... Folks, let's make the Nuremberg Code great again. Because remember, it's not just even about medical experimentation and bodily autonomy, which is the basic form of life and liberty at its most basic sense, but it's really the fulcrum of everything we're up against. If a government could be allowed to do this, there's quite literally nothing they cannot do. And if government had the motive and desire and did successfully do this, well, there's quite literally nothing that they won't have the motive, desire, and success to implement. Think of all the vital infrastructure, goods, services that you rely upon. Think about that. We got to change the game. Stop with the soap opera Fox News politics. We bring in politics as, as a means of discussing the issues that matter. I'm sick of politics as an end to itself. I get it. It's commentary. It's entertainment. It's a business. It's an industry. I get it. But at some point, like, doesn't human life matter? Thank God I'm doing well. I mean, enough, when I say well, not like these guys, but just enough to support my family that as of now, my wife doesn't have to work, but it's probably going to change with our kids getting into middle school, high school, Um. And, you know, the book's going to do well no matter what, pretty well. You know, my people respect my work, my show. I could be happy with it, but I'm not. If I can't make a difference, what is the point? To me, this is not like any other profession. To me, 
This is about making a difference. And if you can't, what's the point? And shame on all these people that already earn millions. Like, how many millions do you have to earn to start focusing on what matters? Okay, fine, you did it. Now you have a platform and people will listen to you. Now say what I'm saying. It won't cost you anything. But whatever, I can't force them to focus on the right things. I could just focus on what we do. I need your help. Sign up for conaction.network. This is not just a show, not just entertainment. This is a movement. And we're building it. Hashtag at Nuremberg2. Let me know your comments, questions, concerns at Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.